Did the Texans make a mistake by not claiming Baker Mayfield? And how early should the Houston Texans consider spring cleaning? You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Wednesday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman, joined by Cody Davis. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more. I'm talking more props, more odds, more lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts, as I already mentioned. I'm John Hickman. Cody Davis. Nobody has commented and mentioned anything about the new addition to the back wall of my studio here. Hmm. Now, if y'all don't know me, y'all should know me by now. Y'all know I'm Houston to the blood bone and everything, man. Hmm. I know y'all didn't seen that back there by now. <laughs> and I'm kind of mad because I, I thought I ordered the bigger one and that one came in. So I got to order the bigger one so I can really get the, you know, that, that's probably is. why they haven't said nothing that's yet. That's probably why it is, man. Got DJ Screw the legend back there. But y'all here to talk about the Houston Texans, the L.A. Rams claim <laughs> former number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield, Texas kid, went to Texas Tech, transferred, went to Oklahoma, had some good moments when Lincoln Riley got drafted to the Cleveland Browns, took the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs for the first time, and I don't know how long, but in the past couple of seasons, injury bugs, beast with Odell, beast with Odell's dad. Uh, getting traded to the Carolina Panthers, losing his spot to P.J. Walker, an XFL quarterback. Shout out to P.J. And now released from the Carolina Panthers a day later, picked up by the L.A. Rams. Matthew Stafford is out for the season. This is a team that I don't know if they believe that they have playoff aspirations or not, but the Houston Texans are currently number one on the waiver wire. And I saw people out there, the Houston Texans, to pick them up, give them a shot, and uh, uh, no, and, and Cody, before I let you go, let me just say this. <laughs> Baker Mayfield is a quarterback coming out of college I thought would be the Browns' savior. And for a moment he was, right? Mm-hmm. Took him to the playoffs, right? Had a very good uh, start to his career. But Baker Mayfield plays quarterback like he is the big shot in a small town. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Varsity Blues, but – if you remember the cocky player in a small town, he's a big guy. That's how Baker Mayfield plays quarterback in the NFL where everybody is the big man on campus. Uh, Baker Mayfield plays with this moxie that I know I can do it and the next guy can't. And he's had issues in his last couple of stops. When we look at the last season or two with, with Cleveland, we look at this year with the Carolina Panthers. Beginning of the year, uh, Robbie Anderson tweeted, no, in terms of <laughs> – wanting him uh, to, to Carolina or not. Guys, my thoughts about May- Baker Mayfield is simply there is no reason the Houston Texans, who will be picking number one in the 2023 draft with the opportunity to either select the likes of Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. By the way, Anthony Richardson declared that, that if he's coming out for the NFL draft. Uh, I'm against that. However, what I'm getting at is there's no reason why for Houston to draft – a former number one overall pick who is not with his same team 
when they have an opportunity to draft a quarterback with the number one overall pick. With five games left in this season, Baker Mayfield doesn't do anything for your future, right? If you want to look for a future backup quarterback that can service your young rookie quarterback whenever they get into the league, guys, I can tell you right now, Baker Mayfield is not the quarterback you want around your rookie quarterback, right? I'm okay with having Davis Mills as a backup, right, for the future. uh, Not Mills. Um, Baker Mayfield, Houston Texans, was never a relationship that should have ever been a thought, right? And I saw some of the comments of just give him a shot and bring him here to town. We don't know if this regime that's in place right now is going to be the same regime that's going to be in place by the time the NFL draft rolls around. And I say that because it would be a waste of time for the Houston Texans to pay $1.3 million for a quarterback who I don't know how healthy he is. I don't know how mentally prepared he is to play NFL football right now. When a few months down the line, he may get let go because whoever steps into this role, whether it's the new head coach, OC, or general manager all the way at the top, doesn't want him. You know what that would be, Cody? It'll be another Anthony Miller. It'll be another Shaq Lawson. It'll be another player that Houston brought in and essentially was a waste of time. Um. I agree with everything that you said, but I look at it from a standpoint that I do believe that this is more so of a missed opportunity for both the Houston Texans and Baker Mayfield. And look, you know, John, when I played around with the idea off camera, we were trying to put together the show and I was like, look, I really do believe that this is a missed opportunity. I, I looked at it from a standpoint of, you know, I'm not looking at the future. You know, if they would have brought in Baker Mayfield, I still would have been all for the Texans drafting Bryce Young, the first overall pick in next year's NFL draft. However, with five games left, John, they need to do something just to be a competitive team, a watchable team. And, you know, you you go back to what Lovey Smith had to say after Sunday's game and the loss against the Cleveland Browns, ironically the team that Baker Mayfield used to play play for. When you go back and you take a listen to what um, Lovey Smith had to say on Monday's press conference, he is very disappointed in the play of the quarterback. Yes, he's disappointed in the entire Houston Texans, you know, play on both sides of the ball, but he is mostly frustrated at what has been taking a place under center. And two games in, John, listeners and viewers, I would not be shocked if later on today, if later on in the week, we hear Lovey Smith say that they're going to go back to Davis Mills being this team starting quarterback because Kyle Allen's play has been that bad. I say that a lot here on this show. Ever since the end of last year, they were all in on giving Davis Mills an opportunity to, to go out there and prove whether or not he could be the starting quarterback for this team for the future. We all know he failed, but now why would you put him back out there? And if you would have get if you would have signed Baker Mayfield, I would have say his play would have allowed you to win maybe one game, probably more so against the Indianapolis Colts who Dealing with their own dumpster dumps fire right now. They, they speaking of about an organization. Speaking. speaking of an organization that is cleaning house, guys. You know me. I am not somebody who calls for people jobs, but I will say I respect what the Indianapolis Colts are doing. They are finally cleaning house. Hopefully, Cal McNair can do the same. But I say all that just to say, you know. Uh, 
for the majority of this team, the coaching staff, you know, the general manager, the players who are hoping to win one, maybe two more games. And at this point, it's not going to affect whether or not you end the season with the number one overall pick. I would say that would have been a missed opportunity of bringing in Baker Mayfield. And look, Baker Mayfield could have used these last five games of the season to go out there and show the rest of the NFL that he is not this sorry, sorry quarterback that he has been. Basically, ever since he bummed up his shoulder in the second game of last season, ironically, against the Houston Texans. And look, Baker Mayfield, you know, according to the stats, has been the worst starting quarterback in the league. He has a QBR rating of 18.2. The second lowest is Davis Mills at 24.2. So, you know, and, and John, you know me, I've been rooting for Baker Mayfield for the longest, ever since his days in college. I thought by now he definitely would have had his name as a top 10 quarterback in the league. I was wrong to say the least, but, you know, I just go back and I just take a look at, you know, the, the product, the production that the Texans have been putting out there on the field, especially more so Sunday's game. Like, that was a winnable game for the Houston Texans, and I think we can all agree that, they came up short due to the inabilities of their quarterback. Listen, I'm writing something right now. I'm oh, and by the way, I do want to say for my own selfish reasons, I hate knowing the fact that the Texans didn't sign Baker Mayfield. John, you know what that is. <laughs> this says, why mess with money? So even if Baker Mayfield does come in and be better a better option than Kyle Allen and Davis Mills, and I'm glad that you mentioned this number, six touchdowns, six interceptions, not good this year. And it's kind of ironic if he comes in comparing his numbers to who Houston has had the starter for the majority of the year in Davis Mills, the number one overall pick would be the number two quarterback on his roster because the number third round overall pick has played better than him this year. <laughs> But if he does come in and compete, what does that do for Houston outside of possibly messing up the money? And you know what the money is right now? The first round pick, the overall pick. But that's the thing. I don't think it's going to mess up the money. And like I mentioned, John, it was just at, at least from what I'm able to see from my evaluations for Baker Mayfield, I just think that the product on the field will at least be watchable. That that That's it. Yeah, it serves no purpose. The, this product on the field, it won't be watchable. The offense will still stink. Uh, they're still going to have miscommunication issues. And then you bring in a Baker Mayfield. The Houston Texans have been throughout the entire year. The Tyrone Johnson, the Tyler Johnson, the Enos, the, the Amaris. They've already had to wait two to three weeks before getting on the field. So by the time Baker Mayfield got on the field, what are we playing for? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I feel about it. I'm glad the Houston Texans decided not to, you know, as the number one team on the waiver wire, not to pay that $1.3 million to bring in a quarterback that they would essentially be renting because I don't think that the next person in charge would want anything to do with Baker Mayfield at this point in his career. Guys, Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. And with Turo, you can book any car you want wherever you want it from a community of local hosts across the United States the UK, Canada, and Australia. Forget about those boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. Welcome back in. Locked on Texans listeners and viewers. A couple of things. First and foremost, we apologize for not putting out a show on Tuesday. Uh, the Rockets went crazy. That's all we got to say, right? Like the double overtime. Uh, Cody, what time did you get home um, for the Rock after that Rockets game against the 76ers? Which 
my baby rock is one about 12 45 one o'clock in the morning and we had plans to record <laughs> 6.15 on Tuesday morning, right? We're so going to make it up, up though. We're going to make, make it up, up though. Of course, I woke up Tuesday morning. I was like, I'm going to go to the gym. Worked out. Had a good hour in the gym. Came back. Took a shower. Six o'clock rolled around. I've been knowing Cody a long time. So we have a designated time we're going to record. He would definitely text me early to make sure I'm up because I'm known to be like, oh, I'm not. <laughs> At six o'clock rolled around. I knew he, he didn't text me. I knew he was tired. But Tuesday was a crazy day, man. We look at the AFC South. The Colts got a lot of, you know, mess going on. But the Tennessee Titans, first place in the AFC South, general manager John Robertson was fired on Tuesday. And this was after A.J. Brown went crazy versus the Tennessee Titans. And just last year, A.J. Brown was a Tennessee Titan. So that got me thinking, man. We look at Pep Hamilton and the job that he's done this year with this offense or lack thereof. And, of course, we'll talk about Lovey Smith in the future. But is it time for Houston to maybe start with early spring cleaning this coaching staff? And, Cody, I don't think it serves a purpose. There's five games left in this season, and I've seen the names and the likes of Ben McDaniels as the guy that can possibly take over for Houston as, with the play, as a play caller. But with five games left, this move wouldn't determine whether or not you're going to go on a run, whether or not there's a possibility of you winning this division, whether or not you can make it into the playoffs. So when I look at moves that have a huge possibility of change, that is where I think a decision should be made, right? Point in case, David Cully, a lot of people could have said he should have been fired last year. What was the purpose of firing David Cully during this season? The Houston Texans knew their fate. They knew they were not going to be in playoff contention. Same with Pep Hamilton this year and Lovey Smith, but specifically with Pep Hamilton, I don't think moving on from Pep Hamilton right now with five games left really moves the needle for Houston success-wise for the current season. When you look at the offseason and get prepared for the offseason and guys you want to bring in, then, yeah, that makes sense because the future is at hand right now. Living in the present where, you know, it still feels like you're living in the past and worse than the past, finish out the season, see what you got with some of these guys and evaluate whatever you can. And then when the offseason rolls around, yeah, it makes sense to move on from some of these coaches. I, I kind of look at this um, similar to the Baker Mayfield. You know, when I hear, you know, people talk about whether or not it makes sense for the Texans to let Pep, Pep Hamilton go in season or wait it, wait till after the season, it's not the fact that they're looking at this as to say whether or not, you know, five games left, we're trying to go 4-1 or 5-0. and oh. It's just the fact that you want to have – a better product on the field along with better play calling on the field. And John, I'm kind of surprised that you went this route because once again, I'm going to use Sunday's game as an example. What was the number one play call that pissed everybody off from fans to media personnel? Third and goal, fourth and goal, and you don't have hand the ball off to your running back and Damian Pierce, who is no who is known to create making plays after contact. You know so damn well within two tries, Damian Pierce has the ability to, 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 to make it into the end zone. And what does Pep Hamilton do? 
He doesn't call his numbers and damn near murdered the, the, the fullback and Troy Harrison in the process. You know, so look, once again, I'm never the one to call for people's job. But I look at this from a standpoint of, look, in order for you to at least look competitive, yes, you're on this show, especially me. I talk a lot about the talent. I understand, and I truly do believe that Pep Hamilton is handcuffed due to the inabilities of this team on the offensive side of the ball in terms of talent. However, John, as you say, when you look at the pie chart, if 70% goes to Davis Mills and Kyle Allen, 30% has to go to Pep Hamilton as well because I truly do believe any other play caller, um, Ben McDaniels, um, Tim Kelly, hell, even Lovey Smith, who was a uh, defensive coordinator, everyone should have came to the realization that if it's third and goal and you're on a one-yard line, if it's fourth and goal and you're on a one-yard line, give the ball to Damian Pierce. Yeah, I Plain agree. and I simple. I don't know how they so, watch the Super Bowl with the, with the Seahawks and Patriots. <laughs> exactly. And Richard Sherman still hasn't let that go, which is understandable to a certain extent. But, you know, John, it's because this team has looked god-awful, more so on the offensive side of the ball. Like, Ever since the game against the Tennessee Titans, I can't say it enough. This team has gotten to the point that they're unwatchable. Yeah, so much so. <laughs> uh, fans ain't going to watch them in person. And I get it, man. I, I know a lot of people, including the people in the media, right? You, you do get to a point where you want to watch good product. Or at least competitive product. Competitive and, product. And what really – you know, makes everybody mad. And it even bugs me to a certain extent. I never would have imagined, you know, when I was looking at Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton going through their introductory press conference, looking at the draft, you know, looking at the promise of Davis Mills and Brevin Jordan, and, you know, looking at the fact that, okay, you know, these are not the cream at the top of the free agency, but the fact that you had an opportunity to bring in a Steven Nelson and a Jerry Hughes, like the, the fact that, doing training camp everything looks so promising but here we are on december 2nd you know heading into week 14 basically about to get blown out by the dallas cowboys and you're sitting there thinking to yourself that the 2021 houston texans can possibly beat the 2022 texans when you thought you had better coaching you thought you had better play calling you thought you had better talent hell you you thought you had a better quarter back use that general manager Nick Casario has done, which by the way, if we start talking about cleaning house, it's time to look at Nick Casario because I never forget after they fired David Cully, I looked at Nick Casario in the press conference and I asked him, hey Nick, is there pressure on you to make sure that you hit the nail on the coffin on your on, on this hiring coach? Because not too many general manager gets gets an opportunity to hire another head coach would be your third in what two years or whatever the case might be. So it's time for us to start looking at Nick as well. But I say all that just to say that is why everybody's so frustrated because it's like when you take a look at all of the shenanigans that took place last year and you compare it to this year, it's like how in the hell can this team be worse off? Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've, I found myself asking – Myself, when was the last time I've watched a good Texan game? And I would game say I would say first half opening week against the Indianapolis Colts. First half, the game that they 
allowed that team to come back two down two touchdowns and your head coach opts for the overtime loss victory. I don't know. And, and the game, the I think it was the first half against the Las Vegas Raiders as well. That first was half, pretty half, good. Half, first half. But that's game. the thing. That's the problem. We we sit here talking about halves. <laughs> yep. Those are the issues of the Houston Texans. But I will say this to you know mirror my point. I don't believe that firing anybody at this point in the season with no postseason aspirations uh, will do anything for this team. Wait until the offseason so you can get a full search of candidates, then move forward with that. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer even esports they've got it all covered over at betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts you can find those at betonline as well <clears throat> always the fastest and easiest to getting your betting fix head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more because betonline is where the game starts thanks for making the locked on texans your first listen every day for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Before we get out of here for today's show, I do want to encourage people, especially those who have been, um, you know, checking out this Dion situation. Coach Dion, Coach Sanders, Coach Prom, uh, left Jackson State after two and a half, nearly three seasons. Got the Power Five call he's been waiting on over at Colorado. Uh, Jackson State was undefeated this year. Colorado one and ten, a very bad Pac-12 team, and a lot of people up in arms and mad about that. What I want you guys to go check out the Game Plan podcast with my boy Alex Goodwin, smart brother, good dude. He does a sports podcast, Broke It Down. And if you're on YouTube right now, check that out. And you can follow him on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Just talked about Pep Hamilton. So before we got out here, I think there's another coach we should talk about. And that's defensive line coach, Jock Sazier. First year here in Houston, right? Um, and I don't – so I look at Coach Sazier, how we looked at Danny Barrett. Cody and listeners. And what we mean by that is Danny Barry got here. I had Carlos high, but he didn't have his own guy. Hmm. Right. And it's the difference between <clears throat> having a free agent come in that, you know, is a good player compared to your own guy that you say, Hey coach, you know what? I think we need to draft this guy. I've, I've, I've had the meetings with him. He, he loves the playbook. I love his energy. I think he can do this, that, and the third. And so, while the entire coaching staff is under question right now and things look confusing, there was a sideline shot early in the year uh, against, I forgot the game, the 75-yard run that Damian Pierce had early this year. For the I want to say that, was, that might have been against the Chargers. Chargers, right. Okay, that Chargers game. When he got to the sideline, Coach Barrett was just, mm. just heavy because he finally <laughs> got his guy, right? And so we look at the job that Coach – Shazir has been able to do with the Houston Texans. Uh, no Grenard for majority of this season. 
You have an aged but very productive Jerry Hughes. Uh, you have a second rounder in Roy Lopez, Thomas Booker, who's been on and off the field, inactive, inactive, Malik Collins. But unlike Danny Barrett, Coach Sazier has not has has not had or drafted his young guy. So I think that I'm just evaluating coaches. Uh, I think he's done a good job for what he's had out there. I think that the defensive line may could have been helped out more about, you know, maybe more modern play calling. But I look at Coach uh, Shazir and I'm looking at like, man, you know what? I really want to see what he could do when he gets some of his guys, right? We look at Thomas Booker. Mm -hmm. Thomas Booker was a fifth-round pick. Now, when you look at uh, the likes of who's coming out, right? Jalen Carter, by the way, hey, you know, there's free thinkers out there. He was balling on Saturday. That would be somebody that if you get if, – if Coach Cezier got his hands on him, I'd be very happy and interested to see what he's able to do with that young defensive lineman. All I'm getting at is uh, I know this upcoming season, offseason is going to be a lot of changes. But when we look at some of these coaches, I do think that some of them has gotten the short end of the stick simply because they haven't went through what Danny Beard has been able to go through and get over that hill. Finally getting your guy. When you get your guy, there's a totally different game that you can bring to this franchise. So it sounds like first overall pick, the Houston Texans select Will Anderson? Listen, uh, I, I, I say Jalen Carter. Don't Jalen Carter? Uh, no, I believe you you sure? Carter. So Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, that's that's what you're saying? No, 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 CJ, no, no young. That, that what you want to see? I, I, Shout well, out to really, Xavier and, Clowney. You know, what was that? 2014. Think, <laughs> at, at this point, I don't, I don't think Houston can afford to pass on a quarterback with um, one of their early picks. So, but they do need to address the defensive line, and they got talent coming out with the D line on the edge and interior. But if you get a first round talent in that defensive line spot, which the Houston Texans haven't done since Jadavion Clowney, well, we may see a different defensive front. You get some hmm. of the top tier in top-tier talent uh, on the front four. And, and that is why I look at that, that second first-round pick that the, that the Texans are getting back from Cleveland. That's why <clears> I say <throat> that pick is most important because I believe the higher that pick is going to be, um, Nick Casario or whoever the general manager is, I'm hoping and I know that this is a dream scenario that they can actually flip that and get within the top five, top six, so they can get Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, one of those guys, because, you know, I agree with you, John, the Texans, they definitely need to draft, draft a quarterback. I truly do believe that it's going to be Bryce Young. But when you take a look at what they need on that defensive side of the ball, especially considering that your secondary is pretty much set up with the likes of Derek Stingley, with the likes of Jalen Petrie, um, that defensive that defensive line front unit definitely need a major boost in terms of young talent. And man, if if they can get you know their quarterback and their defensive linemen, things can look at least promising for the Texans moving forward. Absolutely, man. I want to shout out Cody Johnson, man, one of the good guys, good follows on Twitter. He broke down Jalen Carter in a 13-game sample size compared to some of the other great defensive tackles that we've seen play this game. In 13 games, eight sacks, 60 tackles, 18 tackles for loss, 23 hurries, 41 stops. And then he compared those numbers to 
Gerald McCoy, one of my favorite defensive tackles to ever play the game in my generation, in a 13-game span, 34 tackles, 15 and a half tackles for loss, six sacks. He was the number third overall pick. Quentin Williams plays for the New York Jets in 15 games, mm. 71 tackles, 19 and a half tackles for loss, eight sacks. He was the number third overall pick. Mm. Aaron Donald in 13 games, 59 tackles, 28 and a half tackles for loss, 11 sacks. He was the 11th overall pick. And Dominican Sue, now he was a dog coming out of college, and I loved his game. In, thir- in 14 games, in 85. He was a dog. He is a dog. <laughs> Shoot. Um, 85 tackles, 20 and a half tackles for a loss, 12 sacks. He was the number two overall pick. Um, Again, a few of us believe that he is that good of a defensive player, and I think a lot of people are scared to have the real thought, fathom, drafting a defensive tackle number one overall, which I can understand that. We'll see how it all works out next April. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texas podcast. I'm John from Sports Guy Hickman. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Make sure you like, comment, but overall, subscribe on YouTube under the name Locked On Texans. Comment, share. Y'all know what to do. Put Tell your grandma to put us on a prayer list because we need more subscribers. <laughs> and as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. Go Rockets!